You're listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you define your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. It is March. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Spring is coming. Weather is changing. And I am here for it. I am a warm weather man. And I am so fired up about um, the spring. I'm so excited about the summer. And uh, yeah, I'm just pumped. Uh, I do want to remind you that my preaching master course is available. And if you haven't picked that up yet, I'd encourage you to do so. Um, we're about to drop another hour of content to the masterclass. So the price will go up, but if you buy the course at this current cost, you'll get the next hour that we're about to add to it. I'm going to talk about, um, salvation altar calls, uh, raising money, um, preaching and adding vision to your preaching leading a staff meeting, a lot of, a lot of like super practical things that I think have really helped shape uh city light church. And so about to add another hour to that. Going to talk about how to lead your church in the baptism of the Holy spirit really fired up. So, um, if you'll, if you'll grab the masterclass now, when we release the new um, content, you'll get that for free before the price goes up. I also want to tell you, a lot of you have been asking about the pastor's round table. Are we doing it again? And uh, we're not going to do it this summer. We're, we're in the middle right now as a church of some really, really exciting things uh, that I, I can't announce yet, but they're really exciting. And I just don't have it in my headspace to be able to do the pastor's roundtable this year. So we're praying about it. We're praying about what we need to do um, in 2024. But I do want to tell you about two things. Number one, the ILM Getaway, which is ilmgetaway.com. Awesome, amazing kind of roundtable conference. It's going to be in Miami, Florida this year in the month of June. It's so good. I go to ILM every year. Um, it's small, it's intimate, it's round tables, but there's worship, incredible speakers, a lot of hang time. Check out ilmgetaway.com. And then also teamchurchconference.com. Teamchurchconference.com. That's happening in August. Pastor Kevin and Sheila Gerald. Incredible conference up in Seattle. Uh, I'll be speaking at this as well. And um, this is a really cool conference in the day, very intimate, small, very much focused on on teams and on leaders. And then at night, kind of full, full blown, amazing, open to the public worship services that are really powerful. So anyway, that those are two things that I'm going to be a part of <clears throat> this summer that I think would be a blessing to you. And um, just thought I would promote that and tell you that those might be some some things that you would be interested in. Okay, last month we we started a conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, we started a conversation 
around kind of the difference between leadership and um, seeing leadership as a function, not an identity. It was a challenging message. It was really focused on senior pastors. And I just do want to say, and on pastors, I'm going to do that one more time. And I'm going to kind of give you a part two of this. And I want to talk about three areas of your life that will safeguard you um, from stupidity, (laughs) safeguard you from sin, safeguard you from getting into things that will destroy not only your life, destroy your marriage, but destroy your ministry. And so pastors continue to fall. There's, There's about to be another wave of exposing and it's just so sad. It's so sad. We, we are not learning. The pride is through the roof. But I really want to try to help you guys with, with a few things today that I think will really help you. Um, and I'm, I'm going to give you three different words that will help safeguard your life. And the first is authority. Authority. The... Soldier comes to Jesus, Matthew chapter 8, and and here's what he says. He says, just speak the word, my servant will be healed. And here's why I know that your spoken word can do this, because I am a man both under authority and I'm a man with authority. I'm under authority and I have authority. And I am who I am because those two things are in balance. I am who I am because those two things are functioning correctly. I I am who I am because I have allowed my life to dwell in the middle of this balance And the balance is I have authority and I'm under authority. And if I can live in the middle of that, I'm going to live safe. Now, Jesus' response to this declaration of I have authority and I'm under authority, the response of Jesus is you have faith. You have great faith. You have faith like I have never seen in Israel. Because you've learned this, It's actually a picture of your faith. See, when these two things are out of balance, it reveals your lack of faith. Oh my God. Because if I just have authority, but I'm not under authority, that's not faith, that's control. Come on, somebody. I'm about about five minutes into this and I already feel the Holy Ghost. Did did you just hear me? If I have authority, but I'm not under authority, that's not faith, that's control. But if I'm, if I don't have any authority over people, then I just am going to have a critical spirit. I'm going to be an internet um, heresy hunter. (laughs) I'm not actually dealing with people. I don't actually have to love people. I don't actually have to go pray for people. I'm not actually in the hospitals with people. I'm not actually in meetings with people. I'm not actually around people. Um, I'm just a 
an expert behind a screen. So the balance is I both have authority and I'm under authority. And when I'm in that sweet spot, I'm safe. When I'm in that sweet spot, it's faith. When I'm in that sweet spot, I'm not controlling or critical. I'm operating in the spirit of faith. You are safest when you have authority and are under authority. Why? Because number one, you're covered. And number two, there is a demand on your anointing. I'm covered and there's a demand on my anointing. And usually guys get out of balance. Usually guys either have no authority over them, so they just do whatever they want to do, or they're not actually connected to the people anymore. They're not actually connected to people. They talk to one or two staff members, and that's it in their whole organization. They're leading churches of 1,000, 5,000, or 50,000, and they only talk to two people. You're going you're gonna to lose touch with humanity. So you have to be in the balance of it. Really, really amazing text, 1 Chronicles chapter 21. Really amazing text. Um, a text that I think we need to be reading. A text I think we need to be praying about. A text I think we need to be fasting with. I honestly believe it's a text that we need to open up and in in prayer and in fasting and in worship saying, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this text? And and where where am I where am I guilty in this text? Because what is the text? The text is David takes the census of, of Israel's armies and God judges him for it. Here, here's what I want to show you though in the text. The Bible said that Satan rose up against Israel and incited David. Satan did not rise up against David. He rose up against Israel, wanted to destroy Israel, but knew he had to attack Israel's leader. I think a lot of pastors and leaders get a Messiah complex where, where they, they think they're so important. Um, the, the Bible did not say that Satan rose up against David. He rose up against the nation. But he knew he had to attack the leader. This is what Jesus said in the book of Matthew. Strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. So I, I want you to catch what he does. He rises up against Israel and he incites David. This word to incite means to allure, to entice, to tempt, to make a request. Think about that. God's man, a man after God's own heart, a man who loved God and a man who God loved. And he's under a demonic attack. He's being incited, tempted, allured enticed, sifted. 
Satan is asking of him. Satan is making a request of him. Think about that. Here's what it, here's what it lets me know. If, if David could be tempted, hey, if Jesus could be tempted, <laughs> we're going to be tempted. All these ministers falling right now, all these ministers doing all this crazy stuff. It's not about them. It's about their churches. Satan hates the church. Satan hates groups of people. Satan hates the destiny of a church over a city. Satan hates the destiny of a church over a region. Satan hates the destiny of a church over a nation. So what does he do? He allures, he incites, he entices, he makes a request of the leader. We're talking about authority because Satan will knock on your door. He will. Ephesians chapter six, when the day of evil comes, not if the day of evil comes, when the day of, it's gonna, it, it's gonna happen. You're gonna be tempted. You might be tempted in money. You might be tempted in power. You might be tempted in abuse. You might be tempted in sexual sin. You might be tempted in pride or ego, but you will be tempted. Hey, how about this? You might be tempted to do something that isn't sinful. Watch this, but it is demonic. <laughs> You're like, bro, what did you just say? I just said what I said. There, there is not a scripture, thou shall not take a sentence, a, a census, excuse me. It wasn't that what David did was necessarily sinful. It was that it was demonic. This is what Paul would allude to in the book of Romans when he says, if it is not faith, it is sin. There are things that we can do, like in Romans 14, eating or drinking, that are not sin, but they become sin when you can't do it by faith. David takes a, sen a census, not out of faith. Moses took a, sen a census. So it's not that a census is sinful. It's that it was led by Satan. It's not that starting that campus is sinful, but what if it's led by Satan? It's not that hiring that person is sinful, but what if it's led by Satan? It's, it's not that you taking that big pay raise is sinful, but what if it's led by Satan? In other words, what if it's led by a spirit of fear and not by the spirit of God? And I hope you're hearing me. I'm giving you meat today. This isn't milk, okay? This isn't bread. This is meat. This definitely not this definitely not honey of the word, okay? I'm giving you medicine. I'm giving you meat right now. I'm telling you, we can do things led by fear, led by ego, led by pride. Um there's a, a story of, of a man in LA, Pastor Fred Price who built this giant 10,000 seat auditorium. And Dr. Price would say later on in his life, God allowed me to build that building, but he did not command me to build that building. He allowed me, but he didn't command me. And it wasn't God's perfect will. 
David taking the census is not evil, but anything we do that is not spirit-led eventually leads to destruction. Taking a census is not a sin, but doing something led by Satan is sinful. You go, Jamin, I thought we're talking about authority. I'm getting there. I'm not lost. Don't worry. Because here's what happens. He goes to his military leader, Joab, and he says, take the census. Joab pushes back. He goes, sir, you don't need to do this. He does push back. But, he, but then the Bible says this, but the word of the king prevailed. But the word of the king prevailed. See, if, especially if you're the senior pastor, your word is going to prevail. Your word will prevail, so your word better be submitted to the Holy Spirit. Your word will prevail. Your, your board will get behind you. Your elders will support you. Your team will, will, will follow you. So you better be submitted. You better be under authority where someone can look at you eye to eye. It, it's not, I'm not talking about a congregational vote. I'm not talking about every critic on social media. I'm not talking about some small-minded hater. I'm talking about you better be under authority where someone can look at you and go, this pattern is wrong. I can't pinpoint it to a sin, but this is unhealthy. I can't pinpoint your words to a direct sin, but this is unhealthy. I can't pinpoint your attitude to a direct sin, but something is off. Something is off with your spirit. Someone has to be able to speak into that. There must be a group of men or women or men and women who are around you, pastor, that say, hey, I, I don't know about this. You got to have it. And at the end of the day, your word is going to prevail. So you better make sure that your word is submitted. But you got to have people who can push back and not just push back on blatant sin. Okay, there's blatant abuse. Okay, there's blatant language issues. Okay, there's blatant sexual sin. Okay, all that. But who can look at you and go, you know what? I don't have scripture and verse for it, but your spirit's off. You're taking a census and it's not right. That post is inappropriate. I don't have chapter and verse for it, but it's inappropriate. That sermon point was inappropriate. I don't have chapter and verse for it, but it was inappropriate. Your schedule is inappropriate. Who, who can do that for you, sir? You better have somebody. Because you must be a man of faith. And a man of faith is both, yes, you have authority, but you better be under authority. Number two, prayer. These will move fast now. I don't want to keep you all day. Prayer. You're going you're gonna to be safer when you're under authority and you're going to be safer when you're under the authority of God. And let me tell you how you get under the authority of God. You pray. Uh, let me just go back really quick to what David did now that I'm thinking about it. The Bible says that after he did this, after he took the census, led by the devil, after he gave into the temptation, after he overruled Joab, 
You know what he did? He inquired of the Lord. <laughs> After he screwed up and the prophet corrected him and the prophet uh, gave him the word of the Lord, then he, then he starts praying. <laughs> if he would have prayed before the census, he would have never been in this issue. We, we pray after we make a mistake, but, but prayer will protect us from the mistake. Prayer will protect us from the temptation. Prayer will protect us from the demonic onslaught. Where there is no prayer, there is sin. Sin is a prayer killer. Prayer is a sin killer. Look at every man who's fallen. Whether we want to start back in the 1980s or whether we want to look at people in scripture or whether we want to look at just this whole group of our contemporaries. There there would be many common denominators, but I'll give you one, prayerlessness. Where there is no prayer. There is no power. And where there is no power, sin will run rampant. Acts chapter 12 says that Peter was in prison, but the church prayed. Peter was in prison on death row, but Peter was about to die, but Satan was about to take out this leader, but his life was over, but the church was already discouraged from James and it would have been such a, such a blow to the church if Peter would have died as well, but, but the church prayed. This, this word, but is stating a contrary reality. Here is the devil's plan, but Satan is coming against me, but Satan is attacking Jerusalem, excuse me, Israel, and inciting against David, but see, right there, David could have prayed. Right there, David could have called together Joab. David could have called together the prophets. David could have called together the priests and said, we must pray now, Satan is after, I have this idea. I don't know if it's God or not. Let us pray. Because see, there will be there will be times that you'll get a thought, you'll get an idea. And it is, what prayer does is it refines it. See, I take the thought, I take the, it might be a good thought. It might be, it's not a sinful thing. Take a census, not a sin. <laughs> Start that other campus, not a sin. Get this for your social media. Not a sin. Do this for, do this, do that. None of these things are a sin, but here's what I do. I take the ideas and I plunge them into the fire of the Holy Spirit. I plunge them into prayer. I baptize them into the Spirit of God and I say, Holy Spirit, what do you want? Not my will, your will be done. It is in prayer that I submit to the Holy Spirit. It is in 
no prayer, prayerlessness that I submit to the spirit of this world. See, prayer aligns me with God. The, one of the best pictures I can think of prayer are, are, are not only the Lord's prayer, let your will be done, let your kingdom come. Not only the prayer of Jesus in Gethsemane, but not my will, your will. But one of the best pictures of prayer to me is Joshua chapter five. When Joshua asked the angel of the Lord, are you with us? Or are you with our enemies? Are you for me? Or are you for my enemy? I love what the angel said. Neither. <laughs> are you for me? Or are you for them? Nope. God's on his own side. <laughs> and in prayer, I align with God. In, in prayer, I get on God's side. In prayer, I submit to his will. Now, now don't get it twisted. God is good. I, I understand the book of Romans, that God is for us. I understand that. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Please, please understand what I'm saying. But it is, it is in prayer that I get under that God is for you will for my life. It is in prayer that, yes, God is for me, but now I am for God. God is not a genie in a bottle doing my bidding. God is almighty. God is Yahweh. God is on the throne. God is Alpha and Omega. Jesus is Lord. And in prayer, I bow my knee. In prayer, I surrender my heart. In, in prayer, I lay low. Number three, number three. You got to have friendship. You got to have friendship. Who's your friend? Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. And here's the reality for most pastors. You, you'll preach that. <laughs> but if you are real with me right now, you, you're sitting there listening to this going, I don't have any friends. Brother, you're in trouble. You, you have to have some people that you can tell them anything and everything. Two are better than one. Ecclesiastes chapter four, two are better than one. Because when one falls, listen, when, when, when not if, when, When Satan incites against you, when you're tempted by the devil, when the day of evil comes, when you're struggling, when you're discouraged, when you're depressed, when church is tough, when life is hard, when you're fighting with your spouse, when one person falls, the other can pick them up. You better have a friend. where you're not pastor. See, when, when, when David goes to Joab, at the end of the day, Joab served David and David was king. 
So the word of the king prevailed. But there better be some people in your life where you're not king. Are you listening to me? (laughs) I hope you're hearing this. You're not king. Your bro, your dude, your buddy, your homeboy. And they can look at you and go, you jerk. You selfish punk. What is wrong with you? Who can talk? You better have some people that could talk to you like that. Or you're not pastor, apostle, doctor, king, minister, evangelist. No, you're just. I've got I've got a couple of guys in my life. I'm just Jabin. There's a level of honor. There's a level of love that we have for each other because we're both in the same, you know, we, we're both in ministry, you know, we're all in ministry and we're all, and there's a sense of, hey, pray for me. Hey, let me get your advice. But there's also a sense of, you're just a, you're just a human. I'm just a human. We are so isolated as pastors. And you know what? It's our fault. It's our fault. It's our fault. It may not be a person in your church. It may not be able to be, because I've got some guys in my church. They are some of my best friends, but I also understand at the end of the day, I'm still pastor. So I've got some other guys that are also in ministry that are not in my church that I am I am legit. I am just Jabin to them. Better have some friends. If you only surround yourself with Joabs, your word will always prevail. You better have some other voices in your life. Authority, prayer, and friendship will safeguard you from failure. Man, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. You didn't know you were going to, you were in love with Jesus. You wanted to be in the ministry. You wanted to help people. And you didn't know you were going to have to be a CEO and a, and a pastor and an evangelist and a therapist and a counselor and a CFO and a COO. You, you didn't know. You didn't know you were saying, I get it. I get it, bro. I'm praying for you. But that pressure, that's not lifting. There's a lot in our life that we didn't sign up. You didn't know you were going through COVID. You didn't know you were going to go through pandemics and now wars. And we didn't know. But God's grace is on you. God's hand is on you. God's call is upon you. Align yourself with these three points today. Don't quit. Get in alignment. Don't resign, get in alignment. Don't give up, get in alignment. And I really do believe things can really shift and move in your life. I love you, I'm praying for you. I'm incredibly proud of you. And um, and we need you, we need your voice. We need your gift. We need your anointing in the earth. And uh, 
And I believe, I believe that, that voice, if these are the kind of things that if, if you will get, if you will get in the flow of this, God will, God will elevate you. I'm just telling you. God will elevate your voice for his glory. In Jesus' name. Love you guys. See you next month.